Welcome to Streams from the River, the podcast from the River Church RVA with pastor-teacher Michael Kraft. I know you'll be blessed by the teaching today, so open your hearts and let's get straight into today's message. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open them to the Gospel of Matthew this morning, okay? How many of you know that life is complicated? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've had very brief seasons in my life where life, well, no, I I can't say that. Life has always been complicated. And, you know, we have this idea, I think, sometimes that when we read the stories in the Bible that everybody is walking around with big halos around their head and, you know, just the presence of God is so strong that, that there's not any, you know, adversity, there's not any problems. And inside, we might not say it, but, but we're, we're really longing for that same thing for ourselves. Does, it, does anybody relate to that? Or is, I'm just telling my story, okay? But, but the fact is, is that life's complicated. I mean, uh, each of us have stories of challenges that we're facing uh, in our life today. And God, I want you to know this morning that no matter what you're going through, don't allow the challenges that you're facing today in your mind disqualify you for what God is calling you to do. Do you know that throughout the Bible, oops, my time starts now, that uh, throughout the Bible, if individuals looked at their circumstances and they waited for their circumstances to be right before they acted on what God's word said, I don't know that we would have a Bible, you know, because what counts in our life is the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. That means you can be going through the sea of tranquility or you can be going through the most volcanic experience in your life. But if we're walking by faith, we're going to be obedient to what God says. And guess what? God's word says that faith moves mountains. All right. How many of you got a mountain that you need moved in your life? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm believing that we're going to go through those and see those things moved in Jesus name. All right. So if you're in the book of Matthew, uh, let's look at uh, verse 18 of Matthew chapter one. Last week, we looked in in the Gospel of Luke, and we looked at the conception of the story of the angel Gabriel showing up and uh, making his declaration to first Zechariah in the temple about John the Baptist. And then we looked at Mary and how the angel Gabriel came to her. All right. And uh, that sounds like a that's a wonderful story. This week, we're going to look at... at uh, at Christmas from Joseph's perspective. How many of you think that would be interesting? All right, as I began to study this, God began to open my eyes to some things that I never really saw because I looked, I was looking through this halo, you know what I'm saying? I was looking through this wonderful angels, you know, uh, coming in the sky and talking to the shepherds and just this grand, magnificent, glorious occasion, which it is but I never saw the conflict that was going on behind the scenes. And that's what we're going to look at a little bit this morning. So in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, 
It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, now betrothal doesn't just mean engaged. It's, it's kind of a legally um, uh, binding agreement. You just can't have a bad day, you know, like in an engagement today and call the relationship off. If you're engaged to someone, it literally takes an act of Congress to get out of it. All right. You literally have to go through a divorce. You can't, you know, it's, it's just like being married, sort of. Uh, but when she was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. How many of you have read that verse a thousand times? All right. It's interesting to me that the angel Gabriel showed up, made this declaration to Mary. Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. And you don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter uh, 1, verse 39, right after she says this, it says in verse 39 of Luke chapter 1, now at this time, Mary arose in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah. It says it like this in the Message Bible, okay? It says, whoops, let me find the verse. It says that right after she made this declaration that Mary didn't waste a minute, she got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country. In other words, when the angel came and made the declaration that she was going to have a child by the Holy Spirit, and she said, be it unto, I am the bond slave of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. As soon as the angel left, so did Mary. Okay. She took off and went down to visit uh, Elizabeth, and she stayed there for three months. Okay. Because it says in, in verse 56 that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back home. I think that's significant because one of the questions that I had is I would think that if I had an angelic visitation of the nature that Mary had, I'd want to tell somebody, wouldn't you? You see, when the angel came and made this declaration, life automatically, in an instant, became complicated for Mary. All right? You got to remember that Mary was a virgin, okay? She was betrothed to Joseph to be married. Now she said, Lord, be it unto me. She's been, the Lord Jesus has been conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit, and she recognizes the trouble that is potential in her life. And so she hurries on down to the hill country to be with Elizabeth, stays there for three months. How many of you would think that she would have said something to Joseph? Okay. I used to think that too. But I think the scripture makes it clear, and you'll see in just a moment, that it's a little bit different. How many times have you had God speak something to your heart? You knew it was God, but you struggled with it. You struggled with it, so you meditated on it. Sometimes you ran from it, and you didn't tell anybody about it for a while. Because you knew if you did, life could get even more complicated. Okay? So that's, that's where Mary is, all right? So Mary, she has this 
tremendous visitation. And that's why I say when we read this story, we kind of have the halo effect to it all. But I want to show you here that Mary, when she came back to her, she went home after three months. And if you go back to Matthew chapter one, where it says that before, it says that Joseph, where am I? Oh, um, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph before they came to the marriage bed. Oh, I'm in the Message Bible. That's why I messed up. I'm not in my New American Standard. Let me go back there. Okay, I got to do that. Ah, I feel better already. So it says, she had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. My question is, who found her to be with child. It'd been three months after this immaculate conception. She'd been out of town about three months later. How many of you think that whether she says something or not, there is a difference in Mary's, um, yeah, in her physique? She looks a little bit different. She's got a little, she's got a little baby bump going on, all right? She hasn't, she was found to be with child. You and I, we know the story. We've read it a hundred times. But she was found to be with child by Joseph. Okay. What do you think Joseph's response was? Now, now listen, if, if Joseph had known, if Mary had taken the time to say, Joseph, you just wouldn't believe. And she didn't because he wouldn't. You you just wouldn't believe an angel showed up and said that I was going to have a child by the Holy Spirit. What do you think Joseph's response would have been? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you, you saw an angel, right? Mm-hmm. So she kind of knows that, so she beats it out of town for three months. So read the next verse. It says, and Joseph, this is after she'd been found with child by Joseph, all right? Joseph's response. And Joseph, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Can I tell you bluntly what that says in a very literal form? Joseph planned to divorce her. Joseph planned to put her away. Can I tell you that when Joseph found this news out, he was not happy. This is probably the time where he may have heard for the very first time about the story about the angel. And they probably had a good old-fashioned fight. Because there's Mary. She's three months pregnant. Joseph doesn't know anything. He gets the story about the angel. This just doesn't add up. All right. This just doesn't add up. In John chapter 8, a woman who has been found with child outside of marriage could be stoned. All right? So Mary was a candidate, according to the law, to be stoned. This doesn't sound like a way in the manger, does it? Okay? Like I said, life is complicated. But God works in the midst of the complications of our life. You got to say amen, because it's true. All right? So, this verse, in verse 19, 
I am so out of sync here this morning. In verse, in verse 19, like I said, life's complicated. If you're using technology, it's even more complicated. All right. So Joseph, being a righteous man according to the law, not wanting to disgrace her, he planned to, to divorce her secretly. Okay. Just wanted to send her aside. All right. So the bottom line, when Mary told Joseph what happened, how many of you believe Joseph believed it? I don't think Joseph believed it. He planned on, on, on just divorcing her, all right? But because he was a godly man, because he was a godly man, he had to consider his next step. How many of you find yourself in times and situations where in the natural you know that you should react in a certain way. But if you take time to seek God, if you take time to consider, if you're a godly man or a godly woman, you've got to take time to to let God speak to the situation, all right? If we just do what comes to our, to our, our mind first, how many of you know we might miss it, all right? God is the one who has to direct our path. So in verse 20, it says, but when he had considered this, he had had to consider what Mary had said. He had to consider his own initial gut reaction of how he was going to respond. You know, he'd heard this story about the, the angel that appeared. And he's saying, he's probably saying, Mary, you're, you're just crazy. I just, I just don't believe that. So how do you think God responds to Joseph? Gives him his own angelic visitation. How about that? God knows how to get through to our heart. See, the big question that Joseph had was this angel story and you being three months pregnant just doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up. There's some foul play going on here. And this is the strangest story I've ever seen. And Joseph is sincere in his heart. He's a godly man. He wants to do the right thing. So it says that, that, G, that Joseph, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I just need to preach and stop looking at the Bible, right? But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, Mary had a physical visitation. This angel comes to Joseph in a dream. Okay, I think it's amazing. We haven't got time to go into a lot of it this morning. It's amazing how many times in the Bible God spoke very specific and powerful truths through dreams. Okay, four times to Joseph. That was the primary way that God spoke to Joseph. Well, in the Old Testament, that's how God spoke to Joseph as well, right? Okay, God spoke to Joseph about his sons or his brothers bowing down before him. You know, Solomon was the king. He had a dream, and in the dream, God asked him, for what do you want? And he, and he, he asked for wisdom. That was all in a dream. God established his covenant with Abraham in a dream. It's amazing that God speaks to our hearts. He doesn't speak to our heads. And one of the greatest ways that God can speak to our hearts, bypass the head and speak through dreams and visions. That's a whole nother message, okay? 
So an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. Most likely it's Gabriel again. He's been busy this time of year, all right? And, and the angel says, when he had considered this, behold, an angel, this is verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So listen, Joseph is considering. Considering what to do, the angel shows up to Joseph and says, don't be afraid and and legitimizes the pregnancy of Mary. He says, that babe, which is in Mary, is born and conceived of the Holy Spirit. All right? Confirmation, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Listen, isn't it interesting that when the angel shows up, back in those days, they didn't have ultrasounds? And the angel just says right here, you're going to have a son. Most of the time, you had to wait nine months to figure it out, all right? But here in the third month, the angel Gabriel shows up to Joseph in a dream, says, you're going to have, the baby's going to be boy, and you're going to call his name Jesus. Do you know that uh, in biblical times, it was the father's right to name the child? If you went back and looked at the story of John the Baptist, Zechariah, when it had been nine months, and because he didn't believe the word of the Lord, God shut his mouth, and he was a mute for nine months. But the time came where the people said, what is his name? And they looked with great anticipation to Zechariah to see what he would name the child. And when Zechariah said, his name is John, guess what? His mouth was opened, and he began to prophesy about the nature and the life of John the Baptist, okay? So here the angel Gabriel is telling Joseph, when this child is born, you are to give him the name Jesus. That's a sign of his faith in what God is saying. You know, he could have called him, you know, Joseph Jr., he could have called him anything that he wanted, but, he, but the angel said his name will be Jesus, all right? I mean, you couldn't have confirmed any better what Mary had seen to Joseph in this particular fashion, you know? One of the questions that I have, the Lord challenged me with while I was studying this out this weekend, is what do you do? How do you respond when someone comes to you, if it's your spouse or if it's a friend, and they say something to you that just, they say, God appeared to me, God spoke to me, God told me I'm supposed to do this or that, and your gut reaction is, I don't think so. How many of you take the time to be like Joseph and actually consider and go before God to see what God is saying? You see, if Joseph hadn't taken the time to seek God, there would have been a divorce, all right? There would have been, Jesus would have been born, and it would have been, you know, she would have been seen as an illegitimate, you know, 
disgraced individual. That was a mess. Life is complicated, right? How many of you, I would love to see this in a movie sometime because most people have never considered what this whole event of Jesus' birth looked like from Joseph's point of view. And yet you and I find ourselves in these same circumstances from time to time in our life. Somebody will come to you and say, man, I believe that God says we're supposed to give our house away. <laughs> Some of you would say, well, I'm going to divorce you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm keeping the house. <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> bad example. But uh, I mean, those types of, of things happen. It, it's important for us to take time to seek God because God will confirm his word. All right. And like I said, to me, it's interesting that Joseph's greatest challenge was this angel story. And so God gives Joseph an angelic visitation to validate Mary's story. God will speak to you and I in a way that will validate the very concerns of our heart if we'll take time to seek him. Amen? All right. My notes are still messed up. Isn't it just right that I would be conflicted here this morning? I'm going through sorts of all sorts of conflict. All right. Well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, though. All right. So anyhow, the angel says, you're going to give him the name Jesus. Jesus means Savior. So right from the very beginning, just like the name John spoke to his mission and what his ministry was to prepare the way of the Lord, Jesus Name means Savior, and he, because it says he came, let's go, if we can find the verse, uh, verse 21, she will bear a son, and you shall give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, it's interesting, in the Greek, this word for sin is actually, trans, it's, it's, it's a really unique word, it's translated 75 time, times sins, as in the act of sin, it's a verb, it's, it's the act that we commit, and Jesus came to, to pay the penalty for the sins in our lives. And all of us would agree with that, right? But 96 times this same Greek word is, 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 um, is, is said sin in the singular as a noun, okay? And so what that means is that sin is both, it's a nature that we inherited from Adam in the garden when he sinned. And in addition to that nature, it's the acts that flow forth out of that nature, the sins that we commit. So when Jesus went to the cross, he not only went to pay the price so that we could have forgiveness of the sins, but he went to the very root of what was going on, and he destroyed the sin nature so that we could become born again and have a new nature. That's why Jesus came, amen? So he not only forgives us of our sin, but he gives us a brand new nature. In Peter, it says that by these he, Jesus, has given us exceeding great and precious promises so that by them we might become partakers of what? A new nature 
we can be born again, become partakers of the divine nature, okay? The Bible says that when God created man, we were created in his image and his likeness. We were created in the garden with a divine nature. That's where you and I are supposed to function. We're not supposed to function in the flesh. We're supposed to put off the old man and put on the new. We need to recognize who we have become in Christ Jesus, all right? So anyhow, the angel tells Joseph, you're to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sin. Verse 22, now all this took place to fulfill that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. It's the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 is quoted here. Behold, the virgin will be with child, and you shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24. By the way, this prophecy that's being quoted here by Isaiah was given 700 years before this message is given to Joseph. How many of you know that God is long-suffering? <laughs> Amen. He's not willing that any should perish. When God speaks a word, most of us are looking the next day for where, where's the fulfillment. And if we don't see what God said take place within a month, we start to doubt if it's been a year. We say it's not been God. Can I tell you many times in the scripture when God speaks his word, there is a period of time that takes place where God is preparing a people. He's preparing a nature. You know, he's preparing He's following the Father's command, all right? But his word will always come to pass. I've said this to you many times. God has spoken many things in my life, and I know he's spoken to you as well. God never does anything the way that I think he, he's going to, and he never does it in my timing. He just never, never does. But in the end, God's word is fulfilled. And you have to say, wow, God, you're a genius. I never would have thought of it that way, <laughs> you know. So don't give up on the promises of God. I think that we're a generation that needs to be uh, positioned for one of the greatest moves of God that has ever been. I think that all of the hosts of heaven are looking down on the earth right now to see what God is getting ready to do. Because I believe that God is speaking to you. He's speaking to me. He's speaking through the church. He's speaking through many voices. That there is something that is coming upon the earth. There is a move of God that is coming. God is calling for his church to rise up. And the day is coming. Listen, it's been 2,000 years since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said he's coming again. How many of you believe that? How many of you really believe that? I'll tell you, sometimes he said he was coming again. The disciples believed that he was coming again in their lifetime. They lived their life every day as if today was going to be the day that he would come. Most of us have lived our life. We've lived it for ourselves. We've gotten born again, but we don't live our life with that same urgency, that same sense of anticipation, that same sense of readiness that says, Lord, if you came today, I'm ready. 
For a lot of us, I got too much conflict in my life. I'm distracted by this. I'm distracted like that. We're just like the 10 virgins that it talks about in Matthew chapter 24. When Jesus came, he found half, half of the bridesmaids were asleep and they didn't have oil in their lamp. Only half were ready. I believe that's a prophetic message for the church today because you know what? I think Jesus could come anytime. And he's not coming back for born-again babies. He's coming back for a mature bride. All right? That means we've got to learn who we are. We've got to begin to walk in all of the rights and privileges that we have as a result of being born again. And the angel is speaking all of this, Joseph, right at the beginning. The fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, 700 years before. So how many of you wish if you if you had a dream, if you went to sleep, you could just kind of stay there for a long time? You know, six hours is great <laughs> most of the time for me, but I'll tell you, there's such rest, but there comes a time when you wake up from your dream. And then the question is, is what are you going to do with the word that God has spoken to you? What are you going to do? Listen, in verse 24 and verse 25, it says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus, just like the angel said. Isn't this amazing? I am so... uh, there's, there's such a story here because before Joseph went to bed, he had considered to put Mary away. He had considered to divorce her. Before he went to bed, he thought this whole angelic story was something fabricated. But during the night, the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him. And when he woke up, he had a choice. Was he going to walk in the flesh and carry out and just say, hey, that was just kind of a pizza dream? You know what I'm saying? You know what pizza dreams are, right? Yeah, they're, they're just these little crazy dreams that you have. That, yeah, yeah, because you ate the wrong thing and you can't sleep or something. But Joseph had a, had a, had a choice. He, he had to determine in his own heart whether this angelic visitation, whether his dream meant something, or it was just a crazy night and he was dreaming about it because he was dwelling about Mary's story all night long. He had to choose whether he was going to walk by faith or whether he was going to walk by sight. I am so glad that Joseph was a godly man. When he took time to consider, he heard the word of the Lord. And even though he may have went to bed mad and considering separating himself from Mary, when he woke up, yeah, when he woke up, he was a changed man. Not only did he put aside his initial plans, he went from divorce to marriage because it says right here that when he got up from his sleep, he did as the angel commanded and he took Mary as his wife. I'll bet they got married the next day. I think that's absolutely amazing. 
So I, I want to ask just two questions in closing this morning, okay? Just real quick. What are the dreams that you've had? Maybe not literal dreams, but what are the longings of your heart that God has spoken to you during times that you've rested when your mind is quiet? Are we like Mary and we wrestle with the dream and what people think? And do we run for cover going to the hill country to maybe a safe place or a safe person? That'd be easy to do. Do we respond that way? And if you do, my challenge is this, is to believe the word of the Lord. Walk by faith. I, I don't know how the story would have been different if Mary wouldn't have, have just taken off, you know, to see Elizabeth right away. If, he would have got, if she would have got up and immediately went to Joseph, it could have been an entirely different story, you know. Sometimes we hold on to things too long and we need to share. The core story could have been different. I really, really don't know. But what, what is God speaking to you in this hour and in this moment about the dreams and the visions, the things that God has spoken to your heart? If you feel like you're running because you're afraid of what God's saying, I want to encourage you today to stop running. Don't be afraid to proclaim what God is speaking to you for fear of what or of how man will respond. God will always confirm his word. And listen, not everybody's going to believe what you have to say. But do you are you looking more for the honor that comes from God or are you looking for the honor that comes from man? All right? If you're looking for the honor that comes from God, man, then then we will boldly proclaim the truths of God. I think Mary struggled a little bit, to be honest with you. I would. If somebody came to me and said I was going to have a baby, I would surely be struggling. I can tell you that for sure. I would be running to West Virginia just as fast as I could get there. And I'll tell you what, three months, I'm not coming back. <laughs> It'd be a long time till you saw my face. I can tell you that. Would Mel go with? I don't know. I don't think I'd even tell Mel. I'd just disappear. <laughs> Me and Mary probably got some things in common, right? Yeah, she says at least you know where to find me. That's probably true. But again, life isn't always easy. God's road is messy at times. But it always is miraculous. It always leads to the miraculous. That's why, like, even during worship today, you know, our focus was to be on worshiping God, worshiping him forever. Because if you're going to wait until the complications of your life go away, man, you'll, you won't have any time. That's just not going to happen. It's just not. When I saw when I read this, I thought, you know what? I have read this story. I've watched the plays, and it's always so wonderful and flowing and beautiful. And Mary and Joseph must have had just the perfect marriage, and he was the most understanding man on the face of the earth. And all of a sudden, God kind of put this in perspective, and I'm seeing a picture I have never seen before. And God works. And I think God wants us to have this picture this morning because he's speaking things to you, and he's speaking things to me, and we've got to stop disqualifying ourselves from moving forward just because life's complicated. Okay? Okay? Anybody say amen?
All right. So on the other side, you may find yourself like Joseph. You may find yourself in that place where someone spoken to you, something that's not resonating in your heart right now. You're wrestling with it. Believe me, I get that all the time. God says, he, he has given me a vision. I'm going to be sharing in a couple of weeks, a vision that the Lord has given me for this church, for our congregation as we move into this next year. And it's been amazing because over the last five years, God has done exactly what he spoke to my heart during the first months that I was here. He's accomplished every bit of it. And what he's spoken for this next season is even more miraculous. And I wrestle with it, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to proclaim it because it's the word of the Lord. All right. And if you struggle with it, then I want you to be like Joseph. I want you to take some time to consider and allow God to confirm his word. Amen. So we don't want to make rash decisions. We want to take time to seek God. God will speak. He will confirm his word with signs following. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Streams from the River from the River Church RVA in Chester, Virginia. If you've been blessed by the message and would like to connect deeper with the River Church RVA, please visit our website at riverchurchrva.com. Or you can send us an email, share your testimonies, prayer requests, or general correspondence to family at riverchurchrva.com. Again, that's family at riverchurchrva.com. Have a blessed day, and we look forward to being with you again next time right here on Streams from the River.